Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Wellness Podcast. This is mini number nine. My name is Slater, and I'm here with Adam and Caitlin. What's up? Hello. This week, we are doing a mini episode about a new film that's coming out, The Loneliest Whale, The Search for 52, is a film that comes out on July 9th in theaters, and it'll be on digital uh, streaming on July 16th. We'll have more information about where on digital you'll be able to download that pretty soon, um, but we don't have all the details quite yet. But we were granted access behind the scenes to watch Loneliest Whale, and um, we wanted to share a little bit about it without sharing too many spoilers. Although maybe we already did share some spoilers on accident. Maybe, maybe we John did Calvin twice already. Did. John, it was John, all right? It wasn't us. It wasn't, it us. wasn't us. John did it. <laughs> um, so basically, like the premise of the film is uh, trying to figure out who, what this 52 hertz whale call is that's being heard in the North Pacific. And it originally um, started with the SOSIS program, which is run by the U.S. Navy. It's an underwater listening program that the U.S. Navy uses to detect submarines. And um, when SOSIS first started, they actually needed to catalog like all the sounds in the ocean to know like what was biological, what was non-military you know, ship noise, what was geologic noise, what was wave action, all this rain, all this stuff. And so the SOSIS program actually was kind of the early pioneers of like whale study when it comes to bioacoustics, because like they were the ones with the equipment in the water listening to things. So it's pretty interesting to see like how the stories evolved because SOSIS is the first um, program that picked up this weird 52 Hertz call. It's like between, it's like not quite a fin whale call, not quite a blue whale call, but like kind of matches the pattern of each one, but not really. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. They, they set off on this search to look for this whale that's been detected all the way in Southeast Alaska, is detected off the California coast pretty often. Um, some of the people that are in the film, we've talked about their work or we've had them as guests on the podcast. So it was kind of fun to watch it and see um, see them in action i want to know why i wasn't in the film because <laughs> i saw that whale this okay my behind, the scenes, <laughs> my behind the scenes um knowledge of this has been for a long time so i worked i actually worked a research cruise for the hildebrand lab who is like john hildebrand is one of the main pis that's featured in the film and i heard this myth of the 52 hertz whale from one of the acousticians that was working for his lab on this research cruise. And um, in 2015, when I was on the research cruise, that's when Adrian Grenier was getting interested in this lone, quote unquote, lonely whale, this 52 Hertz call. And so like celebrities were starting to like pick up on uh, the whole idea. And so Adrian Grenier started that campaign, Lonely Whale, which has now turned into like the single use plastics campaign and like all this other stuff. Um, but also was still kind of trying to come up with this pipe dream of looking for the 52 Hertz whale. And now it's like Leonardo DiCaprio is backing it. And this investigative journalist um, is narrating the film and like leading the search and like all this stuff. So it's been a long time coming um, way before, you know, were you in high school in 2015, Adam? Yeah, he oh, was. In 2015, <laughs> I was a junior. I was living life. I just got my, so I got my license. I was living. 
for a lot longer than you've been on the scene here, Adam. I mean, no disrespect, but this has been a long time coming. Something, so. something cool right off the bat about the film is that it's a group of people that are searching for something in the ocean and it's a bunch of like-minded people, mm-hmm. which is like our favorite thing. We have a bunch of people on the boat that all love whales, you know, and are interested in and just uh, being out there with them. And it's just, I think that's just amazing. Having a bunch of different researchers and people working together in one area on one focus, which is really cool. And, and at the same time, you know, you have, you know, a world-renowned researcher, you have, you know, the, the narrator or the, or the journalist that, the, that kind of takes us on this adventure. You have, you know, the captain of the Truth Aquatics, you know, whatever. It, it, it is different people from different phases of life and different phases of, you know, our community that just love the ocean. But at the same time, they all have this like-minded goal. And I think when you, like, that's the beauty, in my personal opinion, of whales. Like mm-hmm. whales can bring so many different people to together like like think think about um our buddy um i can't think <laughs> hold up it's coming to me adam why can't i think of his name well think about it like this Maya's brought, like, jeff, jeff, what, think about jeff think about jeff think about jeff right from Mayas. oh his from Mayas, school. right yeah so he he was like you know in in the middle of ohio as like a tech salesman right and then all of a sudden he fell in love with whales like like what are the odds of that sorry jeff i didn't mean to blunder your name there but um <laughs> think about it like you know that and that i think is the beauty of whales and his story is so funny well one of the stories he had was like I was on the edge of the cliff in like San Juan Islands yeah. and in the moonlight and there's killer whales <laughs> like swimming by and he was just like I know how I romantic be. yeah <laughs> it's so funny yeah so a couple of things that I thought um about like the notes that I wrote while I was watching the film um first of all I think it they did a pretty great job of showing like what actual research is like so um they had a lot of footage of like the crew with their equipment on board, sometimes the equipment almost falling over, like catching computer monitors and stuff and yeah. um, showing, you know, what it takes to get all this equipment loaded onto boats. You know, you're using like forklifts and cranes to load crate loads of sauna buoys and like the crew getting discouraged and saying like, I don't know how much longer we can work in these sea conditions and like, you know, having to go tuck in and hide behind the island just to have dinner and sleep for the night and that kind of stuff. Like, I think it was a fairly realistic picture of like what field work looks like when it comes to whales. Um, but also they had a pretty good cast of people that they talked to some of my favorite researchers. I mean, John Kalamakitis and they talked to Roger Payne because Roger actually Dude, um, I love Roger Payne. Oh, he's that, so cool. Oh, he's so cool. So he, when he first discovered, like him and Scott McVeigh and his wife, Katie Payne, um, all made the discovery that humpback whales sing, they actually got the data from SOSIS. So mm-hmm. like someone from the Navy contacted them and then they came in and documented and um, like confirmed that it was humpback whale song. But I think it's really interesting that they chose to talk to Roger for this project because like he is, I mean, he really is the guy that you should talk to when it comes to whales making noise underwater, right? He's like He's the so one. Cool. So, um, but I thought about like, can you imagine what people would have heard on that SOSIS array 
if we had never commercially hunted whales, like what would our ocean sound like? Oh my gosh. If we hadn't taken all those animals out of the ocean. That was, you guys first, ever, that was the first thing guys, I wrote down. Have you guys what? ever been like in, been in the water and like recorded something with a GoPro and like all you hear is like pistol yeah. shrimp? Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, it would be like that, but with whales, <laughs> you know, like. I mean, it's like peak whale season when when I jump in the water to tie up the boat at a snorkel site, and the, all I can hear is whales. I can't even hear the boat. All I hear is whales. Oh. Adam, where did you where did you film with your GoPro in Mexico? Yeah. When you heard the pistol shrimp. Yeah. Yeah, because in in the lagoons where the gray whales are at, I guess it's like very very loud. Like you can't even hear the gray whales because of the pistol shrimp. Yeah, I did it in the Sea of Cortez in when I was swimming with whale sharks, um, and it was super loud. Yeah, um, but yeah, so Caitlin, every time she gets in the water in Maui during peak season, it's just like all you hear. Even on the beach right next to your house, Caitlin, we were snorkeling that day yep. with the turtle. All my videos yeah. of the turtles have, have whale songs. humpbacks. But can you imagine, like, if we had never even taken these whales out of the ocean, what it would sound like? I can't. I can't imagine. I, I, that is the one thing I always think of. Like, like Slater and I, we all talk about all the time, like the Miocene, right? Like, imagine, like, you know, the whales back then, but imagine the, the, the whale history 300 years ago. Yeah. That is just, even just go back. I said this to Slater earlier today. Even if you could just go back to like 1400. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, there's a story up in in the Pacific Northwest where they said it used to be so thick in there with humpbacks that they could walk from like island to island. That's what they would say. Like, there were so many whales. Yeah. And now what? So for the first time, um, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast when I was in Maui, but for the first time in my career, I heard a humpback whale through the boat. So we had the boat off. You did say that. And all of a sudden we had someone talking on the mic, but when she paused on her sentences, it was the sunset, it was the celestial cruise later, Harriet. Mm -hmm. So when Harriet took a break between my lady sentences. I was like, what's that sound? And then I put my ear up on the side of the boat and I was like, oh my God, I can hear the whale like reverberating through the hull of the boat. Like, can you imagine if you just went out and that was normal? You shut the boat off. Uh, If I experienced that, if I experienced that, I would cry and jump overboard and just I I made Harriet stop talking because I was like, everyone needs to hear this. Adam, have you been down in like the, I don't know how it works on that boat, but like on the Ocean Explorer or the Nautilus, if you go down into the like the bunk room where we have all the food at and you're grabbing like a loaf of bread and you just accidentally fall down and lay down and listen with your ear <laughs> up to the hall, you could hear the common dolphins that are bow riding like no other. Yeah. I've never done that. I, our yeah. engines are pretty loud, so. You can hear, you, you, you should be able to hear it. You can hear them on the bow when you're standing really? out on deck too. I can, you can hear them squeaking and stuff. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, but if you go put yeah. your head down in one of those little. It's loud. Cattle, yeah, you could hear them. Dude. Next time I wear galley, I'm gonna. Like, hi, I'm going in the forward galley. Watch the hat. Yeah, yeah. If you go in the forward. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, wait, back so to the 52 hertz whale. Couldn't get, I couldn't get past that for a while. I that that is awesome, but I, and another, I don't know. I the thing that I loved about this documentary was that it kind of followed the story of the 52 hertz whale from who was the first guy that that kind of recorded Locking. it. What was the name? Watkins. So that's what John Connolly just the Watkins whale. The Watkins whale. Yeah. And so I think it's just amazing that it it this this story spans over you know generations you know of, of this fifty two hertz of this lonely whale, mm-hmm. and and I think you know 
when we talk about connecting people with nature, you know, I think that it's a beautiful story. You go from Watkins to um, John Calabakitis to the journalist. Yeah. yeah. Every, you know, to, to me, you know, to, to you guys, to us seeing a, the potential match to this whale or, you know, what they think it is. Mm-hmm. It, it really is an interesting story. And I, th- and I think to, to further protect our planet, I think you need stories like this. Oh, and like, is it, need stories like that. Is it, is it the loneliest whale? Who knows? Right. But, but when you personify, when you personify these animals, it really puts that human touch on it and a human connection on it, which I think is, is the one only way to save and protect them. Mm-hmm. I think, and going on that, along those lines, a couple of the notes I wrote down were kind of similar to that. I mean, when they, interviewed roger and talked about Mm -hmm. you know like this monumental discovery of whale song his like one of his first reactions about like we should share this with the world was if this doesn't get people interested in whales i don't know what will will. Um, and then you know when people care they change the world and and so that was roger's goal was sharing that record in 1970 and i think that this film's a good way to keep that momentum right like we still don't know things about the ocean. And then this film like sheds this light on the threats that whales face. And like Josh, the journalist, he was like, with global shipping and harvest and entanglements and just urbanization of our coastlines, we're creating a whole ocean of lonely whales. It's not just this 52 Hertz whale. Like we are drowning out all the whales so that they're feeling lonelier and lonelier all the time. You know, we're isolating these animals from each other just with our human activity. And I was like, wow, that's, that's true. That's, that's deep. But I mean, think about it. Like how, how many times do we see whales together? You know, I, I, I do think that the soundscape of the ocean is. But is maybe, maybe we'll we start. It is, see- but maybe we will start seeing whales together more often because they can't talk for long distances yeah i don't know it's hard to say but also what i'm very hopeful that when they are down 300 feet the sound is less uh prominent from the shifts and stuff and they can still communicate you know what i mean because 100 feet or 200 feet down for a whale is what two kicks of the tail so it's you know Hopefully. I mean, I mean, think about it, right? Like, like I, I do think sound plays an immensely important part in the oceans, but at the same time, these whales have rebounded from from the whaling area era, era yeah. and they have been able to communicate. They have been able to feed themselves. They have been able to reproduce, mm-hmm. and so they're obviously mm-hmm. successful, right? They're successful at reproducing and feeding and all that stuff. So at the end of the day, you know, something right, something right, something is going right. You know, something is happening to where these whales can can live life and just vibe, yeah. you know. That's all we're trying to do, right? I mean, I I usually tell people on the microphone when it comes to humpback whales, when I talk about whaling, I say it's pretty simple. You stop hunting them and they know what to do and they can recover their numbers just fine. But <clears throat> for other animals like fin whales and blue whales, it's a little trickier than that, right? I mean, you hear from John, he thinks that Basically, the PBR for blue whales is taken every year, and that's why we haven't seen their numbers change. Like that many blue whales are being removed, that they're not getting above that threshold. 
So like they have one PDR for one, people. What does PDR for people that know? Percent biological removal. So how many animals can be removed from non-natural sources each year and not have an impact on their population? And for blue whales, it's like one. So yeah. And John was saying that he thinks at least a hundred are getting killed by human causes every year, you know. So mm -hmm. that's why they're sitting in that two thousand range. And he says yeah, they have been since the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. um but but yeah i i i didn't finish the whole film myself i will admit to that i still have to watch the last 10 minutes 15 minutes of it i'm guilty you can crucify okay me i mean you like. can't spoil the end that's true because i don't know what happens um, well you also were only given a couple days and you're very busy lately so yeah, yeah they, they, they sent you a new link though yeah this time yeah, around i think i'm gonna watch that tonight they only gave us like 72 hours to view it it's a it's a the same company approached us, but it's a different production company. It's done by Bleecker Street instead of Nat Geo this time. Nat Geo gave us like eight weeks to watch it. But yeah, um, yeah. so it'll be out uh, in theaters July 9th. And um, you can go to Bleecker Street's website to figure out what theaters are going to carry the film. Um, but it should be out on digital on July 16th. I'm assuming all the big ones will carry it like Amazon and stuff. But um, we'll we'll know more soon they're still getting more information for us about it but yeah pretty exciting to see this story like finally go public and um see the people that got involved with it also i had a little bit of nostalgia when they went to talk to bruce mate and daniel palacios uh they went to oregon state and they went oh, yeah, to hatfield and i went to school there well, it's, it's, it's so cool because it, it, for one, it hits home for us. Like, you know, like it's, it's it, half the movie takes place in my backyard in literally the Harbor. You can see the boat, my boat in the background, you know, like the boat I work on. And so that's, that's a cool part about it. But at the same time, you know, if you're a whale nerd like us, or if you're just interested in whales, there's, there's so much to learn from this movie, whether it's from a research perspective, whether it's from an environmental impact perspective, whether it's from, just you know learning about the animals themselves there's it hits on so many points and i i really did enjoy it um yeah. some of the other films that we've gotten uh early access to it's like is this like a disney you know movie with like some you know bs storyline but like no like this is real science and this is like what is what we really deal with on a daily basis so i i really love that aspect about it and it also says some, like if you're passionate about something go for it and they went for it like they've been wanting to know about this whale and they finally got whatever it was funds and enough people together to like actually try to hunt this whale down so yeah Thanks, that's the coolest Leonardo part right DiCaprio. like <laughs> <laughs> by the well, way he was <laughs> i have a million ideas if you want <laughs> uh, call us please <laughs> well remember because he was trying to he was trying to make it a reality and and who was he talking to in in alaska right they, they had a they had a report of it off of alaska or a, a sound of it off of alaska and it's like dude if you go out in the middle of alaska like what are the chances of you finding this whale but then when you have you know sounds of it within you know the california coastline within 20 miles from shore it's like yeah okay that's a much more realistic possibility yeah so yeah and it was good if you really pay attention to who they talk to 
and how they kind of like whittled down like where they were going to go you really kind of get a sense of how much of a struggle it is to to make these projects happen like the Navy wasn't willing to release real-time information or yeah. close to real-time information, but this other team that's working on underwater, like volcanic sounds that uses SOSIS was willing to collaborate with almost real-time information. And so that's where they actually got their clues from. And so like, it's a lot of workarounds and like, oh, it's just, it's very tedious to chase down all the information and funding and everything else to get projects like this on the water, which is, I think if you really pay attention in the film, you'll see that. Yeah. So. Real quick, you guys know how our, at least Caitlin saw the part where the like lab, everything falls over. Yeah. Have you ever had a camera fall off a couch or, or like off a cushion or anything? Yes. Or a laptop or? Very sad. I have. I have on the sea wolf on the pointer clipper and the sea wolf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you adam you never had a camera fall over uh, like across the dash i mean if it wasn't for my own negligence like i've definitely dropped my camera like two or three times i've dropped my laptop on the ground i was like oh i i've i poured um when i was a photographer on the boat jill the uh galley girl at the time handed me a bowl of soup because I wasn't feeling so good and I spilled the whole bowl of soup on my laptop does that count <laughs> I guess I just meant like anything <laughs> ever slid over when you hit like a, a swell or something yeah. but sure. nah, I mean our boat's our boat's pretty big and it's a cat so it handles shit pretty well Ooh. not going into it though yeah cats aren't the best yeah, going into it. nah it's fine I did have a lady once break her wrist right in front of me. Absolutely snap it in half. That was oh, fun. We could digress very quickly on this topic, but um, yeah, uh, the loneliest whale, the search for 52. That's what the film is called. It was a great film. Go see it when it comes out. July yeah, yes. 16th. Yeah, if you have an opportunity. Spoiler, I've away. seen 52. July 9th. Spoiler, I've seen 52. That's my boy. Oh, yeah, oh he actually hasn't, guys. He has no idea yet. He hasn't finished the film, so how's he gonna know? How's he gonna know if that's really that whale? Got him. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to these mini sewed. Appreciate all of you guys following along. And we've noticed a big um what increase uh, in following, increase. yeah, and, and new well, new listeners too on across all the platforms, uh Podbean, iTunes, or Apple, I guess um spotify, spotify. So, yeah thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it and yeah thanks everyone and thank you to our patreon subscribers um we did give you a little teaser post about the film in the patreon news feed like two weeks ago i think um and you'll have access to this video version of this episode so thank you so much for your support and uh yeah let us know what you think of the film when it comes out bye Thank you. Bye. See you.